Answer me this. Are you a morning person? Maybe an afternoon person? Perhaps you're a night owl. Perhaps you feel like you never really get, get moving. Well, regardless of how you would classify yourself, you deserve to have a morning routine that serves you, that sets you up for success. Now, before you, you start rolling your eyes and go, oh, I've, I've heard all about the morning routine stuff and all the things that we're all supposed to do and journal and meditate and yoga, and I just don't have time for that or I don't like it. Guess what? That is not what I'm going to tell you. Instead, I am thrilled to tell you about my annual free event coming up called Master Your Morning. And over the course of five days, 30 minutes or less each day, I'm going to teach you how to create your own unique morning routine based on two things, your unique personality type, and secondly, the realities of your home life, right? You may not have a lot of time for a morning routine, and that's what this free workshop is all about. So if you want to come join, head over to megansumrall.com forward slash master your morning. And I promise you at the end of it, you are going to have a completely different relationship with the morning. Hey there, you guys know I am passionate about morning routines. And the only reason I'm bringing that up on this particular episode is the place that I start everyone whenever we're working on creating a personalized morning routine is understanding their personality in terms of how they refuel. Are they a person that refuels as an introvert or a person that refuels as an extrovert? And this leads into the Myers-Briggs personality test. Well, today I'm going to be going a lot deeper. We're not going to be talking about morning routines as they relate to your personality, but actual personality traits that can be shifted over time based on how you plan and manage your time. Again, this is my personal and some others, you know, experiences here. So it's, it's a look somewhat theory, somewhat practical, but I think it's going to really open the door to some possibilities for you. So let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to the Work-Life Harmony Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Sumrall. I'm the creator of the top program and top planner, teaching all things time management, organization, and productivity for women. I'm also a mom and wife, and just like you, I'm juggling hashtag all the things while running multiple businesses and a family. Guess what? You don't have to feel constantly overwhelmed, exhausted, and stressed out. There is another way. When you have the right systems and tools to plan and manage your time, you can live a life of harmony. This is your show to learn from me and other amazing women how to master your time, planning, and organization to skyrocket your productivity so you can have work-life harmony. If you're ready to stop feeling overwhelmed, this is the show for you. And if you're new here, I'd love to get you started with my work-life harmony assessment. All you have to do is DM me on Instagram at Megan Sumrall with the word harmony, and my team will send it right over. Hey there, welcome back to Work-Life Harmony. I'm excited to dig into this conversation today about how when we shift the way we plan and manage our time, it actually can shift some innate personality traits. Now, I got to put all the disclaimers on here, right? None of this is backed by science. And this is all from personal experience from myself and for other women that have been in my top program community for over two years now. 
And this kind of came to be because recently my family and I sat down together and we did one of those free Myers-Briggs online personality assessment tests to, you know, and just, it, it brought around a really fun conversation that the three of us had. And I've always been a big fan of Myers-Briggs my entire life. If you've never taken a Myers-Briggs personality test, it's one of the older ones and it's where you get the four letters. They've added a fifth one recently, but I'm just going to be you know, referring to the, the four. So, you know, you could be something like an INTJ or a ESNP. I'm, I might be getting some of these wrong, but it can spark some fun conversation. Now, I can remember the first time I took the Myers-Briggs test years ago. I was about as INTJ as they come. And then I did it again, maybe about 15, 10, 15 years ago, and my results were starting to shift a little. And then most recently now, they look a little bit different. And I really want to talk about specifically the first letter of the Myers-Briggs, which where you're either an I or an E, and the last, because those are the two where I saw in myself the biggest shift and I'm seeing it in others as well. So the very first differentiation that Myers-Briggs does is between an I or an E, meaning introvert versus extrovert. And you know, I think there's a lot of misconceptions around what being an introvert means. People are like, oh, you're shy, you're an introvert. That really isn't what introverts are all about, right? There are plenty of introverts who are not at all shy myself included. So, you know, that that can play into it in some of the questions that you answer, but a lot of the differentiation between introvert and extrovert lies in, you know, when you're feeling kind of emotionally exhausted, you've had a big day, a big event, whatever, how do you what is your preference of what you want to do next? Do you need to do you prefer alone quiet time to kind of refuel and re-energize? Or does being in, you know, large activities, events, whatever, does that kind of fill you up? In which case you would lean on the extroverted side. Now, I, the first time I took the Myers-Briggs test years ago, I rated a 90% on the I. And then when I did it again, about 10 years ago, I was a 95% I which is really interesting. It was not a surprise to me. I definitely am one at the end of a you know a big event or whatever. I crave alone time. That's how I kind of get relaxed, refueled, et cetera. But here's what's been fascinating. When I look back at 10 years ago, when I hit that 95% mark, this was prior to me building this new way of planning and managing my time. This was before the top framework was born. And at that stage of my life, it was nearly impossible for me to get any time to myself, which was why I was so desperate for it all the time. Well, now when I look at my life today, am I still an introvert? Yes. When I take the Myers-Briggs test, I still always come out as an I, but I'm no longer a 95% I. The last two times I took it, one, I got 65%. And then the next time I got 63%. So a lot less, right? And it got me thinking, the massive change that has happened in my life is relating to how I prioritize, carve out and honor having time for myself regularly. Because I am no longer 
desperately like wondering when I might have some time to relax, refuel, whatever, I'm not feeling so anxious or so desperate to have it. And I am convinced, you know, I I don't think I'll ever get any less eye than I am right now because I still, anytime I am doing a live event, go to a, you know, a large gathering, uh, anytime I host a live event, as soon as it's done, I I just want to go hole up and be alone somewhere where it's quiet, no external stimulation, et cetera. And I don't see that ever changing for me. But what has changed is when certain questions are asked about introvert or extrovert is that desire to, do you feel you are constantly craving the need to be alone, the need to have quiet? And that is what has gone down significantly because I have it on the regular and I have it on the regular because of the weekly planning process that I use. That's actually step three in the weekly planning process is carving out time for yourself. And it's going to be unique to everybody, depending upon what your needs are. Mine are a little higher than you know a true extrovert there. But then when I pulled a number of women inside of my top community who've been there for at least two years, because I'm like, I want to make sure you've been doing this for a while. The ones that had tested high on the introvert scale, all but one found that their percentage went down some as well. And I really feel like at different stages of life, if there's something we're desperately craving for or needing, right, it's going to rank higher. Now, the fourth letter that you get when you do the Myers-Briggs test is one where you either get a J or a P, and that is judging or perceiving, all right? And so when they talk about judging, when you think about a J, it's usually the more orderly person, right? We like to schedule things in advance. We form and express our judgments clearly. We like to bring issues to a close and then listen to this one because we're going to be circling back on it. They love, we love lists. Judges love lists of things to do, okay? The perceiving side is more spontaneous. Act spontaneously. You kind of want to postpone that decision-making just to see what other options are available. You always want to keep your options open, right? Decide in the moment what we're going to do a little bit more last minute. You know, again, that's kind of painting the two very extreme sides of the judging or perceiving. Now, when the very first time I took this test... (laughs) I got a 95% on the judging years ago. And 10 years ago, when I took this test, I got a 95%. Now, here's what's interesting. The most recently, when I took this, my 95% went down to a 55. So I did a lot of just kind of some thoughts on this and then reached out again to some other women in my community who were also very strong J's had them retake. And here's what's interesting. They all too had their J number decrease a little bit. And so this is, again, I was going to bring back up that list making, right? So many of us are operating from a task list mode day to day. Several other episodes on this and actually why operating from a task list mode only makes you more overwhelmed. Well, when I look back to my life 10 years ago, 
the planning system I was using was one of those. You wake up, you do your brain dump, you make your task list, you identify your top three, right? And so I was just fueling that fire for myself of staying in that J mode of task list operation. Now, the women that find me that aren't natural J's, I don't have to break them of this task list mode of living, which is really nice. But the women that find me that are very J, as I was, when we break that cycle of wake up, make the list, go, 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 which is a very J way of operating. And instead, we shift into more of that bigger picture planning right? The weekly planning, the monthly planning, the quarterly planning, and we learn how to create plans that accommodate change, that allow us to pivot with ease, that we preserve space in our lives every week for the what-ifs or just-in-cases. What this has allowed me to do is be able to, again, pivot with ease. Megan, 10 years ago, 95% J Megan, when plans change, it would put me in a tailspin, but it would put me in a tailspin because of the downstream ripple effect. It was like the house of cards that would fall because every minute of every day was spoken for, for having to do something specific. And so if anything changed, everything fell apart. Well, now that I've had years in this planning space of how I create and how I teach others to create weekly and monthly plans that make sure we get the most important things done, but done in a stress-free way, that we are building in the amount of uncertainty and flexibility that our our unique lives need, that we are creating whatever downtime we need, and we are learning how to establish clear boundaries that support all of that. Well, I am now someone who has, it was very surprising. I actually took it three different times on three different sites to say, was this just a complete whim? Because I have always said, oh yeah, I'm a total J. And it turns out because of the shifts that I've made and how I plan and manage my time, I am still more J than P, but I am no longer this 95% J. I'm all the way down at a 55. Yes, lists make me happy. Yes, I like to have plans, but I also love to be able to be spontaneous, to shift. I can accommodate change at the last minute. I love having a day with nothing on my calendar to say, what do we feel like doing? And that was that was a luxury I never had before this style of planning. So again, there is no science backed by you know any of this. It's my personal experience along with some other women that have been in my program doing this level of planning for at least two years. But there's got to be something to this when we are all seeing that if we were very heavy eyes, that that has now you know leveled out a little bit. And if we were hardcore J's as I was, that we are now learning to embrace and love and bring in a little bit more of that P because we are stepping away from this daily race against our task list. Now, if you are a Myers-Briggs junkie, and if, if you've never taken it, you can just go Google Myers-Briggs. There's a bunch of free tests out there online. I would love for you, if you are very high I or very high J, 
to come find me on Instagram, shoot me a DM, because I would love to share some resources with you to help you get started on this weekly planning so that you might be able to find a little bit more of an equilibrium and embrace some other parts of that, that are in you that are part of your personality, but might be being held back a little bit because of the, just the day-to-day grind. Right. All right. I hope you've, I hope you've had fun with this one. I geek out on, on all the personality stuff, but have a fantastic week. Getting on top of all things, time management, organization, and productivity doesn't have to stop just because this episode is over. If you want one tap access to all of my training and current top podcasts, go to the app store or Google play and download the pink B app. It's one word, the pink B. It is jam packed with simple yet powerful tips and strategies to get you out of overwhelm and into harmony. And if you have a question you want me to cover on a future episode, go to iTunes and ask your question in the podcast review section. And while you're there, don't forget to leave a five-star review.